welcome back to The Short Game. This is the show where we talk about short video games, games that respect your time. I'm your host, Reagan Kelly, and I've got my cool pro-host... Pro-hosts? My pro-hosts! <laughs> That's right, we're the pro-hosts! Uh, Nate Heininger. How you doing, Nate? Um, hold on. Uh, help. Intro. <laughs> help. Hint. Hint. Intro. Ah, Put intro good. in podcast. Good. I'm well. Thank you. Great. And Nate. Or excuse, no, excuse me. <laughs> I'm all off my game. Today. My uh, previous statement stands. <laughs> <laughs> and Shane. How are you doing, Shane? Uh, pretty good. <laughs> and this week, we're just talking about the results of IF Comp 2016. Uh, you've been hearing about IF Comp on our show uh, for a few weeks now. Um, you know that our ep- our episode before last and the one before the one before that that would be episodes 102 and 104 of this show uh, were about IF Comp 2016. We played a bunch of the entries. There were a ton of entries this year, and just hours ago the results are in, and now we can tell you which games won IF Comp this year and uh, talk a little bit about uh, you know impressions of the uh, the competition as a whole. Yep, really cool year for IF Comp. The biggest that the competition has ever been, as we've mentioned on some of our early coverage. Um, and I think as a, as a podcast, this is the first time we've tried to really um, cover as much of this contest as we could. We did this is our third episode on it, and I, I'm pleased to say that um, out of the winners. Uh, if you've been listening to our last two episodes, you've already heard us discuss many of these games. In fact, I would say most of the top 10. Yeah, and uh, that was partly by chance and partly by just, you know, being familiar with some of these authors already, partly from hearing people's uh, recommendations and reactions. Uh, obviously, there are 58... 58- and partially from ballot box stuffing. <laughs> exactly. So thank you, all of our listeners, yeah. for going in and voting for the ones we told you to. No, we did not do that. That's what I'm saying. I think this is the uh, first tangible evidence of that short game bump we've been talking about it for a long time but you our listeners i'm just so proud it is remarkable we played like nearly about 20 of the games that uh, i think for the show entirely out of like 55 and almost all of them that we said we liked are somewhere uh in the top 10 number seems. one winner so. gamey mcgameface <laughs> <laughs> so um you know i it's probably more likely that we just happened to, like Reagan said, pick games that came from well-known authors or we'd already kind of caught on to the buzz from other reviewers. But I like to think that it was you, our listeners, that really <laughs> uh, made the difference. Please do not, like, stuff any ballot boxes on our <laughs> yeah, account. That absolutely. would be mortifying. Um, we are uh, going to talk just briefly about the top winners. Now, there's all 58 games that we're competing this year are ranked in order based on, um, uh, well, they've got a very, they've got a kind of a cool system for this. It's not just based on uh, the scores that they, that people gave the games. You give, when you vote on a game, you give it a, a, a I think it's one to 10 uh, score. And there's also, I think it's weighted based on the number of votes that they got. I don't know exactly what math they're doing to, to choose which games are which, but they, uh, they, also give you a nice little graph of how people voted. Uh, So check out the page with the results. We're going to talk first about the games that won the first five places. uh, And starting with number five, 
The fifth place game in IF Comp 2016 is one that we talked about in episode 102, and that was uh, 16 Ways to Kill a Vampire at McDonald's. I'm really glad this one won. This was a really neat game. Yeah, this is one that I believe both Laura and I played and talked about on that episode. Um, this is just a great example of how fun and uh, kind of unique uh, I think interact- interactive fiction can be a ton of good wordplay, uh, really, really silly situations. Um, you know, you're you're trying to figure out how to uh, kill this vampire while you're trapped inside of a McDonald's and lots of different ways to do it uh, from like flooding the McDonald's or burning it down. Um, also, maybe killing the cashier, but hey, at least you killed the vampire. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and I'm glad to see you got some recognition. Yeah, one of the things I really like about this game and that I I love in interactive fiction that's sort of of this sort of contest style, or just love about short games in general, is that you have a game where they've put more effort into making it an incredibly broad space of possibility than they have into making it a really long experience. I love games where you get through your first playthrough and you know you had to make dozens of choices to get there um, and you're sure that if you go back uh, for another maybe 10-minute playthrough, uh, you're going to have a completely different story. I absolutely love that in games. Yeah, and that's something that it's interactive fiction just can do in a way that a lot of other game genres or, I guess, types uh, can't do just by the, you know, you, there's only so many intricate 3D objects or pixel art uh, sprites that a single developer can make. Um, but with something like this, you know, you can write that gorgeous description of a whole new scene uh, without having to go in and make a bunch of artwork for it. And it gives you this ability to make these games that are really broad. It's like Stanley Parable. Yeah, actually. The Stanley Parable, I mean, this game obviously isn't exactly like the Stanley Parable, but um, but yeah, it's exactly the same kind of thing that I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I love that sort of feeling of there are zillions of possible choices. The game itself is very short. Your gameplay loop is very short, but you've got a lot of possibility within that short time frame. And that's, I think, ideal for this kind of, of venue uh, in a contest uh, where people are going to want to play as many of these games as they can. Yeah, and are supposed um, to judge them after no more than two hours, which is an interesting limitation. Yeah, g- giving people the ability to experience and the drive to experience the game more than once uh, is is pretty pretty motivating. I think that is responsible for a lot of the the praise that this game has gotten. So the fourth place game this year was one that we talked about briefly on episode 104. Um, Laura it couldn't be here today. She talked about it, and she she played this game. I still haven't had an opportunity to go back and try this one, but I think, Nate, you have. Uh, fourth place winner this year was Stone Harbor. Yeah, I um, was actually playing it today after uh, seeing its high placement and obviously Laura's high praise of it in our uh, previous episode, and I've really been enjoying it. Um, it's very, very... Um, very nice writing, very uh, beautiful prose. I actually um, have some of it here that I want to read, but the kind of setup of it is that you are a fortune teller, a um, like a you know like you like out on Navy Pier, sort of. You're gonna go into like a little hut, and they're gonna tell you your fortune. You're gonna pay them twenty bucks, and you're gonna leave, and it's gonna be you know a funny funny joke you tell your friends about. And even the fortune teller knows that they're kind of just like bullshitting everyone. Um, but you know it's a living, and uh, your the game starts out with you doing that. Police officer busts in, um, says they're doing a favor for a friend by contacting a psychic about a murder, and you think it's bullshit. The uh, police officer thinks it's bullshit, 
and they she tosses you a glove that was used at the murder and or was found at the scene of the crime and all of a sudden you have a very very real psychic experience um, where you're teleported to the scene of the crime and you witness part of the crime and it goes from there as items and objects and and people from the scene of the crime kind of impact you and you're taken over to different uh moments and help solve the crime and it's really really cool um so i'm going to uh read something uh this is pretty early in the game so i don't think it's super spoilery but I, it gives you a, an idea about the pros uh so it says um where the glove felt angry murderous even the cigar cutter is frustrated it had a single task and that job went unfinished when healy interrupted in his room was killed it's a simple device, but a very personal one, and you can sense another emotion welling up from within it, a profound sense of loss. Its sadness is blossoming, somehow, leaking out of the cutter and seeping into the urn, into the, into the fissures of the stone fence, and spilling into the ground in a torrent. You watch as the entire courtyard seems to blaze up in a paroxysm of grief. The house is mourning its owner. I do like that. Yeah, it's really nice. And actually, the uh, the sort of crime solving uh, aspect is sort of a theme this year, as we'll see in a minute. Um, but uh, this one, I still haven't gotten a chance to play it, and I really want to now that it's uh, now that the the competition's concluded. This always happens to me with the IF comp: is that you know, sure, I'll I'll end up have, having played. Uh, a bunch of the games that end up in the, say, top 10, but there's always surprises. And this is one that didn't jump out to me just based on its description as one that I really wanted to play, but having heard about it now twice from you guys and also mm -hmm. seeing how high it placed on the list, uh, I'm definitely going to be giving this a shot before the next IF comp rolls around. That, yeah, that's another thing where IF um, really excels is it's a it's a genre where it's easy to convey kind of the inner life and experience of the protagonist, just like as you can in books. And um, so psychic uh, experiences, kind of inner, inner, you know, mind expanding experience, I think is a is an interesting thing that you can do in this genre that you can't do in others. Yeah. And we didn't mention the... Um uh, before we get too far, I just realized we weren't mentioning the names of the authors. So uh, 16 Ways to Kill a Vampire at McDonald's was by Abigail Korfman, who I think is new to the competition this year. Uh, looking her up on IFDB, I only see one other game by her, and it's not one that I've played. Uh, so uh, pretty high placement for somebody uh, new to the IF comp, I think. Um, you can definitely check out her other work if you click through to her website. Uh and Stone Harbor uh, was by Liza Daly. And I'm not super familiar with her work either, uh, but uh, looking at her profile on IFDB, she goes back quite a ways, has been making uh, uh, interactive fiction for many years, and uh, collaborated with uh, Emily Short at least once on this list here. Um, so anyway. She has a uh, she has a four-letter Twitter handle. Oh. That's, I mean, that's, that's not, that means she was early to the party. <laughs> Dang. It's just her first name. Wow. Damn. Even I couldn't get just my first name on Twitter. When I got on Twitter, and I got on Twitter in like 2007 or something, Reagan, with my weird spelling, was already taken by somebody who who tweeted once. That's the worst. And her tweet was, checking email. <laughs> and she's never tweeted again. And I've been trying to get that Twitter handle for ages, but there's no way to get in touch with her. So... 
Reagan at Reagan checking email. My uh, I'm you know Nate STL. I friended just the other day or followed um, uh, STL Nate. So. <laughs> <laughs> you guys should totally hang out. I know that's what I was thinking. Well, the third game, uh, third place uh, winner of IF Comp this year uh, was one that I talked about in I uh, in the short game episode 102. Uh, and this was one that this was the first game that I played in this year's competition uh, and completely at random. I had played some other things by Astrid Dalmati, uh, but Astrid Dalmati's Cactus Blue Motel was really a standout game in the competition for me this year. Uh, and apparently a lot of folks agreed. Uh, it had 104 votes and a, sta- a score of 7.73. That's the average of the scores. Um, so lots of people liked this one. Um, you can go back and listen to, uh, episode 102 for the sort of full explanation of this game, but I'll just say it's a beautiful, um, twine game that does a great job of using its sort of visual style and it's kind of creepy. I would say not creepy exactly. It's sort of a twilight zone kind of story, but also feels very modern and yet also feels like kind of a retro throwback. You're in the desert, you're at a old motel. Anyway, I won't belabor the point. Cactus Blue Motel is an absolute don't miss game. Listen to episode 102 for a full explanation of it, but it, I'm really glad that it plays so high. Uh, and Astrid Dalmati is awesome. Yeah, I, after all the praise you gave it in the previous episode, I'm not surprised to see it uh, land so high on the rankings. Yeah, she made Arcane Intern Unpaid, which we talked about uh, last year. It was one of our uh, favorite games from IF Comp 2015 as well. Yeah, 11th place in uh, IF Comp 2015. And this time, she's uh, in the top five. Yeah, she's uh, moved she been up. in the contest uh, other times than that? I don't know off the top of my head, Um She's definitely been prolific. If you look up her account or uh, profile on IFDB, uh, there are many games listed under her name. She's uh, clearly prolific, and uh, I'm really happy to see this game do so well. So the next game up, uh, second place this year. This was a total surprise to me because this is one that we hadn't talked about at all on this show yet. And I'll be honest, I didn't really like I didn't play this game partly because the the description didn't grab me. Um, but obviously that was a mistake because first of all, second place, people loved this game at a 69 votes, uh, average score of 8.06. Um, this is color the truth by math brush. And we actually did play something by math brush last year. Math brush made ether, which we really liked in IF comp 2015. Um, but for whatever reason, I guess I didn't put it together that that was by the same person and didn't get around to playing this. Um, until today. So I, when the results came out, I uh, I immediately downloaded this game and started playing it. And so I haven't had that long to play. I've only played it for about two hours. Um, but this is a really, really good mystery IF game. A uh, few things about it. Uh, so the description, Ros- Rosalita Morales is dead and you have to figure out who did it. The four people closest to her had the motive and the means, her partner, her secretary, her ex-lover, and her sister. Relive their memories of Rosalita's last days to discover what really happened. But be careful, everyone has something to hide and everyone will color the truth. Is this kind of a Rashomon type thing? Absolutely. Um, or I-, I guess it's kind of like Rashomon meets Phoenix Wright. It's, uh, oh. <laughs> you're, you're playing <laughs> as a... 
you're playing as this detective investigating this murder, and there's uh, all four people have gathered at the radio station that she worked at. Um, and so the setting and the characters are really clearly defined and interesting. You know, Rosalita is clearly an interesting person. Uh, she was a, a radio DJ. She ran a kind of a romance advice show. Um, her partner, with whom she had a kind of a, a touchy relationship, uh, a business relationship, uh, did a different show on the same uh, network and stands to benefit from her death. Uh, her ex-husband is there. Obviously, he's uh, he had issues with her. And uh, then also um, her sister and a secretary all gathered together. You inter- interview them individually. And where it really got interesting, this is a parser game, so it's all uh, all text prompts, prompt based. Where it really got interesting was that this is a game that is mostly about conversations and about uh, taking people's statements and sort of looking for clues in their in their words. Um, but it manages to not make that feel dry because when you're interviewing these people, mostly when you take someone's statement, you get dropped into their narrative. Um, so, you know, if, uh, the ex-lover, the ex-husband is telling you about what happened, he'll tell you, oh, I, I came to see her and then I didn't get to talk to her and then I left. And in that, uh, but it doesn't just tell you that you actually have to play out that scenario. Uh, and it gives you liberal hints. And, you know, if you try to do things that aren't what the characters are trying to impart to the detective, uh, then you get reasons that that wouldn't have happened, um, when you play hmm. through these statements, uh, you get a list of topics that then you can ask each of the people about. And so you might learn about new topics in one person's statement that contradicts something in someone else's statement. And then if you uh, go and mention that to them, they'll say, oh, um, well, here, let me revise my statement. And you'll play through their statement scenario again as them. But this cool. time things play out differently. Um, it really, really reminded me of uh, Andrew Plotkin's Spider and Web, um, because if you remember Spider and Web's one of my favorite yes. uh, IF Comp game, or not? Yeah, IF in, in that game, you're playing through a um, well, a a person who's being interrogated, and and you're reliving his experience over and over again. I, I love the idea that you're playing through each person's experience of the same events uh, with their different viewpoint and learning more and more about you know, the reality of the situation just by, by seeing it in, in each person's, um, color of the truth, I guess is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, it, it, it has yeah, a lot I mean, of the same awesome. feeling as spider and web, but what it does differently is the puzzles. You know, it's not spider and web was all uh-huh. about, I've got spy gadgets and I have to figure out how to, how to accomplish my spy goals. And it was very traditional <laughs> item based puzzles, uh, in a, in a sort of, you know, it was it was more traditional interactive fiction. You know, it was pretty boundary breaking. I would I would I would disagree with it being traditional, but um, it's but th- this sounds like kind of an ev- pushing that same concept even further. Yeah. I, I just mean the mm-hmm. yeah I just mean that the puzzles were more pr- traditional. Yeah, um, it was yeah it, it's a great game. The Color of the Truth I think is an absolutely great parser based interactive fiction, and. Um, I was put off by it at first. I don't know exactly why. I think I just wasn't that interested in uh, in another detective game because there were several this year. This year, I mean, we obviously mentioned that uh, Stone Harbor has some mystery solving, and I suppose that leads into our first place, which uh, was Detective Land. Yeah, 2016 seems to be the year of Detective IF. 
or maybe that's every year, I guess. Yeah, there's there's often a lot of uh, sort of mystery solving involved, but the top two placed games were specifically about detectives this year. Um, Detective Land was really neat. Yes, I got a chance to play this one, and I I have to say it does so many things so, so right. Uh, Detective Land is set in a kind of a parody of 1920s Hollywood, I guess, that uh, is New Losago. Um, and it's uh, it gets so, like I say, it says so many things right. It's got dead on for the humor. It's a very funny game. Um, it has a good exploration and good puzzles. There's several different mysteries for you to solve and you can tackle them in different orders. And it's also most notable in my opinion for its incredible refinement of the kind of traditional IF tropes of navigation um, and inventory management because of the, the, the cool UI that they give you. So you have the, um, you have your inventory and the things that you can currently interact with um, are displayed in clear buttons. Um, when you're conversing with characters, uh, they're represented by pictures for you to look at. They've got um, your objects you can take out of your inventory and hold them and interact with them. Um, and you're still working through the kind of... Um, it's not parser-based per se, but it has the feel of a parser-based game. Uh, without requiring you to actually type, because um, you're still having that text experience of of the um, command and response uh, back and forth, and the and the, the scrollable crawl uh, of your text and the history. So, um, I think this was a game that uh, hit all the buttons uh, for a first place win, and I am not surprised to see it uh, top the charts this year. Yeah, me neither. I was really impressed with its interface. Um... Robin Johnson was a new name to me. Um, although, uh, if you look back on you know on their website, there's a bunch of uh, a bunch of other games. And actually, something that I haven't gotten a chance to play yet um, was that also this year, using it looks like the same engine or tools, uh, Robin Johnson created another game called Dracula Land that I can't wait to play. Um, but that wasn't part of this year's competition. In fact, it looks like they actually have that as a Android app. I'm not sure if that's something that they're selling, but you can definitely play it on their website. Um, but yeah, Robin Johnson is a new name to me. I wasn't familiar with them before, uh, but this game, I can definitely see why it won first place. Now in my personal rankings, I would probably say color. The truth was a little more to my personal tastes, um, but it's so close. I mean, and I think people thought that these were games. These games are neck and neck. If you look at their scores, um, both of them got, you know, 70 or 80 uh, votes, um, mostly right at 8 and 8.25 uh, points. These are both great games. So I guess if you're trying to decide which game, if you're only going to play one game of IF Comp 20, uh, 2016, you've got a really great choice to make between two detective games. <laughs> <laughs> one of them is a little bit more uh, comedic, and one of them is a little bit more. Uh, uh, I, I don't. Uh, I don't know what you'd call um, "color the truth," but it's it's more. Well, I guess one other thing to dis distinguish them is that "color the truth" has a charming 1980s setting, uh, and 
uh, Detective Land has a charming 1920s setting. Uh, you've got a, a absolutely great pair of games here, and you can really pick the one that it most suits your tastes. Well, it's not just all about that number one, coveted number one spot. Uh, there's also several additional awards uh, that are a part of this contest that are always worth looking at. Um, the first is the Miss Congeniality Award. Uh, and there's also the Golden Banana of Discord. Uh, the Miss Congeniality Award, uh, as in the Miss Congeniality Awards of, uh, of many uh, pageants and so on, uh, is the award that is awarded by the participants. So the uh, actual creators of the IF uh, that have submitted games are allowed to vote for their favorite games, uh, which often produces a different list. Yeah, it's always super interesting to see what these folks vote for. Um, you would expect that, you know, being IF authors, uh, they would tend to vote most for the games that might show sort of uh, technical, interesting qualities or or polish. Clever implementations. Yeah, but that's not always even the case. Uh, the three games this year, and this is a good segue, the third place in the Miss Congeniality Awards uh, was Detective Land. So that's a really high placement on both of those tracks. Both the players and the creators really liked Detective Land. Sandra Bullock would be so proud. <laughs> Second place was a game that uh, I still haven't had a chance to, to play yet, although it sounds absolutely fantastic, uh, and that's uh, fair. Yeah, I played a little bit of this game. Um, I believe Laura talked about it in episode 104. Hmm. Maybe. Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really funny game. I haven't completed it, but it's um, you're basically a local maybe popular science fiction author who has been asked to come to the local high school and grade or rather judge the uh, local science fair. And I spent the majority of my gameplay time trying to sell out my 10 copies of of my autographed book to the uh, parents and kids at the, uh, at the science fair. And it was like these silly little, I don't know, almost like puzzles where it'd be like a frazzled haired girl with glasses and she would come up and look at the book and you'd have to present the book in the best way to try to sell it. Um, <laughs> and that sounds entertaining. Yeah, it's it, it, it it's pretty funny. And the, the whole time there's this kind of like self-hating or, or like mockery of like science fiction and like how serious people take it. Um, while it also being kind of silly at the same time and also like science fiction authors and science fiction um, reviewers and websites and things like that. It, it's really funny and, and, and fun to kind of figure it out. And I, I highly recommend it. I love when writers and, and creators like this sort of uh, rake their own profession over the coals. Well, I think that's exactly why it, it did so well. Like if I uh, may read another part of it, um, you get to see what the uh, 
the author's bio on his own book says about him. And I just think it's pretty funny. So it says, uh, A.B. Asherton burst onto the indie SF scene with a debut novel, The Warm Orange of a Solar Sky in 2009, which rocketed to 149th on, on Book Burns' 200 science fiction novels you should read when you have time list. Hailing <laughs> from the Midwest, A.B. Asherton has published numerous articles and short stories online for Weird Digest and Macabre Tales, as well as co-contributing to the YA series Mechatron Teen Romance, 34 and 35, and Stooky Spores for Young Folk, as well as being a frequent recipe contributor for Cooks.com. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's self-loathing, and I think that's probably why a lot of the... Uh, why a lot of the fellow writers um, for oh, the I Eye of Comp it. enjoyed it. It seems really endearing. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the author, Hannon, uh, I'm going to butcher the last name, Andrasek, uh, looks like they have a bunch of other games if you check out their IFDB page as well. Um, seventh place overall and second place in Miss Congeniality Awards. So this is a case where... Um, it was. It generally did pretty well in the competition. Seventh place out of fifty-eight games is still great. But uh, second place in Miss Congeniality Awards, obviously the uh, the insiders liked this one. Mm-hmm. And the top game uh, in the Miss Congeniality Awards this year was one that, unfortunately, we haven't played. None of us have, and that's <laughs> because. So this is Inside the Facility by Arthur DiBianca, and I didn't really get a great look at this game when I when I was going through the games initially. Um, this one actually was uh, 13th place overall and first place with the uh, the creators. Uh, since I wasn't... Su- Ooh, right under my radar. Yeah, it, it did mine too. And I, I then went to try to play it today. And unfortunately, it hasn't actually been posted to IFDB yet. So um, the games, some of the games are temporarily unavailable while they move things over from the IFComp page over to the IFDB page. And uh, I was not able to get a chance to play this before we needed to record. Um, but it really sounds interesting. And clearly, the uh, other IFComp authors really liked it. Um, the description says... Your friend Mike thinks no one can infiltrate the facility, but you're going to prove him wrong. A light puzzle game. In the author's opinion, it's totally family-friendly. Um, that's a pretty short description, and that's probably why it kind of ran under my radar. But now that I've seen yeah, it, it I, one thing I support. liked about this game uh, in its description um, was that uh, although it has uh, was described as having some pretty typical puzzles, uh, it does it does those puzzles with a limited set of verbs uh, and it's limited basically just to like north south east west and uh, wait and so I, i'd love to i'd love to get my hands on this game because i love games that limit your set of verbs um and still give you a huge variety of options is one of the reasons i really love the chandler groover games so i, I definitely will go back and and try and find this one later on when i uh, when i have some time and i'm just cruising the IFDB. Mm. And I think if I had taken the time to look more deeply at this game, I probably would have played it too, because uh, I didn't realize this at the time, but Arthur DiBianca also made Grandma Bethlinda's Variety Box from uh, IF Comp 2015. Uh, and I really remember liking that one a lot. It was a, it was a really interesting parser-based puzzle box game. Um, it's a... Uh, it, it just was a... A bunch of very unusual interactions. In a weird way, it kind of reminded me of a very funny version of The Room done with a parser. Um, the Room being that game with a lot of puzzle boxes. I 
not actually that not the riff. not the movie where the the about about kidnapping or or the other movie that I don't really know <laughs> what it's about but keeps being shown at midnight and apparently is really bad. Somebody should fill me in on that one. Oh, that's the one where they cut the horse into all those slices. Uh, no, that's the cell. Oh <laughs> no, yeah, your the room is the one with um with the guy that just shouts and shouts. It's oh. Tommy Wiseau. The Room is a phenomenal movie. <laughs> Thank you, Nate. <laughs> I'm glad we have someone on who knows what they're talking about when they make these <laughs> comments. Um, so anyway, uh, those are the Miss Congeniality Award winners. The final game we're going to talk about today uh, is the winner of the Golden Banana of Discord. This award, if you haven't heard about it, takes a little bit of explanation. Um, when the, the way that the scoring in uh, the IFConf works is that you can vote for as many games as you'd like, and you give those games... Uh, between a 1 and a 10 in the score, uh, and then they take an average, and that becomes the game's overall score. There may be some other weighting that they do. I don't actually know for sure. But anyway, um, they also calculate the standard deviation. Uh, And the standard deviation, uh, the game with the highest standard deviation, which means it's, by some measures, the most controversial. It has almost a flat curve uh, an even number of people gave this game like a three that gave it an eight, more or less. Uh, and that is A Time of Tungsten by Devin Raposo. We talked about this game, or at least I did, in episode 104. Um, I think this is a really great game, but I think I can see why it got, I think it's probably fair to say, mixed responses. Uh, and the biggest one is that it is a really for me i think i mean my this is me guessing i really enjoyed the game but i could see some folks not really digging it because it's a lot of reading um it's a long uh, it's probably the longest uh, twine game i've ever played it took over two hours to complete uh, to get through and also it has a unconventional structure um you know it's jumping around in time a bit um it, it's uh it's not particularly funny. It's a it's more serious and science fiction oriented. Um, so I could see it not appealing to the broadest base of IF Comp, uh, you know, uh, judges. But I think it's a really worthwhile game, and I think it's great that this competition has an award to give to these games that have clearly a lot of interesting stuff about them, uh, but also perhaps a niche or 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 more limited appeal to sort of the full audience of the IFCOM. It's interesting if I remember correctly the the game that won this last year had just a very aggressive style of humor and um I think it you know it had a lot of people who thought it was really funny so it did very well and then you know people who didn't think it was funny it rated it poorly. So it's interesting to see almost this year it's almost more like a mechanics thing like maybe the people who who like that sort of thing, like a deeper dive that takes a couple hours and it's really going to test your interactive fiction, like commitment loved it if they got through it. But if you, but probably a lot of people gave it up real quick and yeah, really surprises me that this didn't place a little higher. Um, I mean, I'm clearly happy for it getting the golden banana of discord, which is an honor in and of itself, but I'm surprised this, this this is down in 23rd place in the regular rankings, uh, just above, uh, just above Screw You Bear Dad, which I, I'm afraid did not like at all, and uh, just below Mirror and Queen. You couldn't get the golden banana of Discord and end up anywhere other than somewhere right in the middle. <laughs> That's absolutely true. So yeah, congratulations to Devin Raposo. Your game uh, 
your game was controversial and sometimes all the best art is. Nice. Oh, and and this year there's an actual golden banana of Discord trophy. Uh if you they linked to it from the IF Comp Twitter. I'm not sure if there's a link to it elsewhere on the webpage. I don't see it here. But uh it's great. So, uh congratulations Devin. I hope you proudly display your actual golden banana. I don't think there's been a prize for the golden banana of Discord award in past years. Well, cheers. Uh, there's some there's some great prizes this year. Um, so let's tell them what they've won. <laughs> yeah, I, I I just think this is I think this is really funny. So uh, first of all, the way the, what they do is they get a pool of prizes, and anyone can donate anything, um, like anything to the prize pool. And whoever gets first, they get their first pick of the prize pool, and then it goes down until they're out of prizes. Um, and I think. Clearly, uh, if it were me, I would be taking the $200 that was donated to the prize pool because um, that's a great first prize. After that, probably the $100, and then after that, probably <laughs> the other $100. And then you get into a really funny, just weird smorgasbord of like board games and um, Steam codes and pajamas and uh, one of my favorites, a a uh, a Middle Earth transit map poster. Um, I, I gotta say, I, I I would probably go for that Time Stories tabletop game. I've been eyeing that myself. I want to I want to give that game a try. That's a great prize. <laughs> it is. It is. You know, I I see where you're coming from, but I kind of love this about IF Comp. It's not it's not people that are doing doing this for fame or glory or for a, a big cash prize. Uh, they're doing it just sure. to get their art out there yeah. and to get their art seen, and uh, they and it, the the contest just has has successfully bubbled up incredible stuff to the top every year for twenty two years, mm-hmm. and the fact that maybe they get a collection of Apple II software um, in exchange is great. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I know, and I and that's I I just laugh when I look at this list, and I think of someone who like like oh where'd you get uh, this this uh, funny poster? Oh, I got seventeenth in an online competition for a game I made, and I got to uh, and they sent me this you know transit map of Middle Earth. I, I just think like that, that is concept. so fantastic, <laughs> and, and thanks to all of the authors, and thanks to the folks who donated to the prize yeah, pool. Absolutely. Thanks a ton to the uh the it's now a foundation that runs if comp every year and has kept it running for 22 years it's got to be the one of the longest running uh i i think this far predates the idea of a game jam um but it's got to be the longest running game jam-esque thing in in history now and surely a labor of love i can't imagine that the people who are running if comp are rolling in the if uh dollars anywhere you know Um, (laughs) this free thing that everyone donates their time resources and attention to yeah yeah it's a it's an awesome community and we have uh you know i have to say from doing the podcast some of the most response we've ever gotten to a lot of our episodes has come from the if community and it's been awesome yeah if players and authors are such incredibly lovely people to interact with so um this episode, obviously, was just a bit of a kind of a recap. Um, I hope to continue to cover IF Comp and other interactive fiction on this show in the future. If you have 
interactive fiction games that you think would be right for this show, whether they're part of a competition or just a release throughout the year that you think are interesting, let us know about them. It's always kind of hard to keep track of this scene. Um, you know, there's, there's not mainstream news sites writing about every big IF uh, interactive fiction release. So if you see something and you play it and you think it's cool, let us know about it. We want to continue to cover IF on this show. We want to uh, we want to stay involved, and uh, our best resource is you guys. So let us know what you're playing, and uh, we want to play it too. Um, and next week we're going to be back with a more traditional uh, short game episode. We're going to be covering a you know regular old video game again. Uh, and so next week we're going to be talking about Severed. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, if you are not a fan of interactive fiction, well, then, uh, you know, we're going back into regular games going forward for a little yeah, while. Yeah, guys, so. I'm excited. We're going to do a dungeon crawl. Yep. I haven't done a dungeon crawl in forever, and I am oh, excited yeah. about this game. I'm I, I'm hyped for it. Uh, it's out on the iPhone, uh, and it plays great on the iPhone. I love deep phone game experiences. I love dungeon crawls. I like... Uh, Fruit Ninja. This got a little there. So <laughs> yeah, this stuff. one's been out for a while. Um, uh, it originally came out on the PlayStation Vita, where I had been anticipating it for a long time. It's from the same developers as Guacamelee, and uh, very long-time listeners of the show will know that that was one of our first episodes and is a game that I continue to be obsessed with. So uh, I was super psyched when it came out. Um, but it's taken us a little while to get around to doing it for the show because I'm the only one here who has a Vita. Um, but now that it's out on iOS and it's been out on iOS long enough for us all to get a shot at it, uh, we're going to be talking about it here. Um, so if you haven't played it, give it a try. Reagan, I have a feeling that that statement, um, I'm the only one on the show who has a Vita is going to expand to like, I'm the only one that I know that has a Vita. Then it's going to be like, I'm the only one in California that has a Vita. And then someday. Remember the Vita? (laughs) Sad but true. I love the Vita, guys. We'll probably talk about that on the episode a little bit too. Anyway, um, so if you uh, were looking forward to having you back for next episode, should be coming out shortly. Um, Thank you guys so much for joining me. I've been your host, Reagan Kelly, and you can find me on Twitter at Reagan K. That's R-A-Y-G-A-N-K. And you can find our show on Twitter at underscore short game or on the web at www.theshortgame.net where you'll find our contact form. Use that thing. You can also review us on iTunes. Please do that. We're at this stage right now where we've hit a little bit of a wall with iTunes reviews. uh, And we need your help to continue growing the show. So if you can please spare a couple minutes, it's not too hard to go to the go to iTunes. You can do it on your phone. Leave us a review. We really appreciate that. Um, it's the best way to support the show. I personally very much appreciate it. I'm just speaking for myself. I love iTunes reviews. <laughs> he thrives on them. He needs them to live. Shane, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at 8BitShane. And Nate, where can people find you? You can find me at NateSTL. And thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Short Game. <laughs>